Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to me, which I know you want more of. And I mean nothing. Correct. Hello, funky monkeys and web sleuths. Welcome back to another episode of Hyperfocus. That was a really weird combination. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Um, but I love funky monkeys explain yourself? and web sleuths. What makes... Okay, I have a very important question. What is it that makes a monkey funky? I think you just know. Okay. Um, so no explanation. All right, great. So, cool. Rachel. So how, what's going on, Maddie? I am excited to share an episode today. Are but you? before I can do that... What could be more important than getting to our episode? Apologies. I have to do eight-second apologies. completely disagree. I think you can make it zero seconds today. No. Sorry, Rach. So, guys, I would like to apologize for Rachel's gruesome depiction of heart calcification, both orally and uh, on social media. Should have one picture. I would also like to apologize for Rachel's obsession with the summer of love. And lastly, to round out this week's eight-second apologies that never actually last eight seconds, I apologize for Rachel's unhealthy obsession with Frankenstein. The summer of love thing was all you, babe. I, I completely disagree. I think the evidence speaks for itself. So uh, we'll let that be. We'll let our web sleuth go mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. So, so, would you like to hear what I have for us no, today? I'm good. She's going to want to hear what I have because oh, we yeah. See you next week. are talking true crime mm. today <laughs> and history because I can't not talk yeah. history. So we're going to be looking at the Cecil Hotel, dun, dun, dun. one of the most infamous buildings uh-huh. in horror yep. lore. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know of the Cecil uh, Hotel. Uh, yes, I know of the Cecil Hotel. This is going to be good. It's going to be good. It's intense. It's been reported. The nickname for this hotel is Hotel Death. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just get into the chilling history it's of this a, building. It's a fair nickname. It is. Yeah. It really is. So, uh, hence the name Hotel Death, I would like to go ahead and warn listeners, this episode will discuss 
disturbing topics such as murder, suicide, serial killers, mm-hmm. and general cruelty. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to. I'm going to try and keep this lighter, not go into as many details because it's a lot of darkness. I would also like to discuss that the events here are, this is not an exhaustive list. We do not have enough time to do that. Um, there's a, the CISO hotel has so many conspiracy theories. So I'd love to hear if you guys know of any other I mean, ones too. The documentary on the CISO hotel couldn't even oh my gosh. get everything in Please it. Please don't bring that up. I know. I shouldn't, I really shouldn't. We'll get, we'll get to that, but. Yeah, there there's so many. So if you know of others, please let me know because this is not an exhaustive list. Um, so we're going to kind of focus more on fundamentals, the fundamental foundation of the Cecil Hotel, if that's even a thing. You put the fun in fundamentals of the, the Cecil fun Hotel. In fundamentals, you funky monkeys. <laughs> I hate this. All right, so we're gonna start from the beginning, the origins that's of the Cecil Hotel. Start, indeed, what some might say. So it opened in mm-hmm. Los Angeles in 1927. Construction lasted three years. Our um, The starter of this was uh, William Banks Hanner. He had some other partners, but he's kind of the main guy. So the original design, it's got this like art deco opulence. It was in the roaring 20s, so just mm. picture like Great Gatsby yeah. vibes a little bit. It was designed to attract the tourists, like coming to Hollywood and trying to live this luxurious lifestyle. But then two years later, we get the Great Depression. Mm. Yes. And if you know what that is, it was a great. I've never heard of it. It was a great depression. No, um, genuinely, this is this is pretty much what people consider one of the biggest factors in damming the Cecil Hotel. Mm-hmm. So, some other background to the Cecil Hotel. So, it's located in an area of Los Angeles that's adjacent to Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Skid Row is. It originally started as um, in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds as like places for the people working on railways more of like the homeless hobo type kind of vibe Mm -hmm. it since expanded to really just like homelessness poverty dirtiness danger like not good it It just does not have a good connotation a reputation at all so it's like a 54 area block like just known for being no good no Mm -hmm. bueno so it really expanded with the great depression so you have the building that doesn't get a lot of money because it's the great depression not a lot of people are traveling and this dangerous homeless community is thriving and flourishing this very large hotel that was supposed to be very opulent and it's stuck in the middle of it and now is not in the best area yeah exactly um so a little bit more on skid row just for you guys like one article from 2020 in the new york post said more than 12,000 homeless meth and heroin addicts pass through here each year Mm -hmm. thousands living in like these tent encampments so it really is just kind of like a it's like a little weird burrow of tents and homeless people and drugs and craziness that like they haven't really been able to help there's been a lot of different like missions although to be fair not all of those like missions are actually intended to help some of them are intended to cover it up but right but it's been a problem for a long time it's been a problem for a long time so those are your neighbors at the cecil hotel is drugs crime prostitution homelessness dirt danger fun so, cue horror story number one. Okay. So, in the 1930s, this is our first string of suspicious activity. Remind me when you said they started accepting, like, 1927. People. Is that when it was started to be built, or that's when it, like, opened? That's when it opened. Okay. So, it started in 24, is the construction, yeah. the three-year yeah. construction. 27 is when it opens to the public, and everyone's so excited. So, 1930s, um, we get six documented suicide cases. Um, so the first one is in no- on November 19th, 1931. 
a man poisoned himself and was found dead the next morning. So at first thought, first suicide, you're like, all right. He's a hotel. He, like, unfortunately, it happens. It happens. That's the kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Then five more happen. In the span of 10 years? Like, not even a full 10 years. Okay. So there was more due to poisoning, uh, jumping out of windows, slitting throats, and mm-hmm. shooting themselves. Poison is an interesting, an interesting way of committing suicide for it to happen more than once. Right. In that short time span. Weird. Yeah. Going into, so that's kind of like the 1930s, pretty much like suicides and everybody's like, okay, what's happening? This is weird. Like what's going on? Like people are dying and that's not okay. And it's like, ugh. Creepy. But at this point, it is still kind of just like a, that's a little odd. And your neighbors are these, like, you know. They're like, yeah, maybe maybe it's uh, because it's, you know, not in the best part of town and people are struggling at this point. But the thought is like, if they're going to the Cecil Hotel in this area, maybe they're already not in a good place anyways. Right. Okay. So the Cecil Hotel, the, the list of crimes committed there expands in 1944. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, one, that's one way to put it. Yeah. So 1944 is our next big story. So there's a young 19-year-old girl staying with her boyfriend. Uh, in the middle of the night, she starts having like severe stomach cramping, pain. She's mm-hmm. like freaking out, like awful feelings. She goes to the bathroom, all of a sudden goes into labor and has a child. What's weird is she did not know she was pregnant um, before this. There, She had no inclination she was pregnant. All of a sudden, she went into labor and had an infant. Yeah. Hate it um, when that happens. Right. Don't you just? Yeah. Um, so weird. Um, and then... How far along was she? Like, how how old was the... Like, was was she, like... There was no way she was at term. Like, she wouldn't... It just says she had a baby. So, I mean, she had to have been at least, like, what, six months in? 20... I think, I think the age of viability is 22 weeks. Or is it 32? I don't actually know that, to I mean, be honest. But... Put it this way, she had to have been far enough in to have had the child that it would suggest... It, it survived. It, it wasn't like... Right. It had, like, okay. she had the baby. The baby comes out. She's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Now, I have read some articles that say it came out and it was stillborn. I don't actually know which one's correct. I have a plethora of sources if you'd like to continue to I, fact check that. The gen... The, the, it's the Cecil Hotel. The point I know, is, the point I know is, how the information around the Cecil Hotel works. Exactly. I, yeah. The point is there's a baby and no one knew why there was a baby because she had no mm-hmm. inclination she was pregnant. So she has this kid, um, rightfully so, is freaking out. Uh, yeah, I would be. If you... I can't even imagine... First off, I can't imagine having a kid because... True. But second, unknowingly I giving birth in the bathroom of the Cecil Hotel. Which is just the worst place to give birth. Like, the bathroom of a hotel is bad enough. But the bathroom of the Cecil Hotel? Right. And like I, like you said, can't imagine having a child. I filled out an application to adopt a dog today. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's not even to adopt the dog. It's like, I haven't even met the dog. Yeah. I have to fill this out first. You might as well be getting a kid. It took me like a whole day. That was enough for me. It would be like, no more. A child? Yeah. So out of fear, she's freaking out. Keep in mind, it's 1944. There's still like a social stigma about like whatever relationships and order. So she throws the child out of the window Mm -hmm. of the hotel. And it lands on the roof of like a neighboring building. So the police find it. And they're like, uh, what? And she's kind of arrested or I guess whatever. Yeah, arrested. She goes on trial. She's never. How did the police find it? That I don't. Well, they found the. In, I mean, I think they probably. Someone probably saw it out the window. 
like they're looking around, like looking at the view, drinking their coffee, guess, and yeah, like if, if they're the, like, "What the heck is if that?" The other building is lower than the or the you know, or someone could have gone up on the ceiling, like doing routine work or something. Yeah. I don't know, and found it, and, and they, they, they called the police. They found out that it was this woman's. Yeah, they made the connection to this woman. I mean, also, I'm, I'm sure that there was some sort of I don't know, I don't know. She she went home to her buddies and was like, "Hey guys, guess what I did? Guess this what weekend? I did this weekend?" I mean, she was probably also like not feeling great. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, like, I would imagine. So they probably were like, "Hmm, it's probably the young girl that doesn't feel good." Oh, is probably such a good clue. Hotel. I they maybe it's the great. Maybe it was. She, I don't know. Just admitted to it. I don't know. So, they anyways they take her and they question her. She was never convicted and instead was declared insane and sent to a mental institution. Ooh. So she kind of. I don't know if she actually went cuckoo or if they said she was cuckoo or what. No, I don't believe it. You know how hard it is to get an insanity plea now? It is like nearly impossible. But in the 40s, it was like a woman did something, she's crazy. Yeah. So next crazy thing. Um, This one isn't necessarily happened in the hotel, but there's connections to the hotel. So it's worth bringing up because that's the point of this episode. So in 1947, there's an actress named Elizabeth Short. Her nickname mm-hmm. was the Black yeah, uh, Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is actually, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you, of course you know this. This oh, is one oh, of the yeah. most infamous mysteries in Hollywood and all of like the true crime world. Yes. Um, and the connection is that she was seen at the Cecil Hotel within the window of like when she would have died. Mm-hmm. So she was seen one night going to the bar and then went kind of missing and then she's found dead. For lack of a better There's word. A really good podcast series about this case, and I completely forget what it's called. Mm, stay tuned. Maybe we'll think of it. We'll put it in the um, show description. Yes. So there's another connection to the CISO Hotel. So we have suicide, babies thrown out windows, mental asylum. I'm sorry. Is that all you're going to say about the Black Dahlia? Well, because it's not, she's not like in the CISO Hotel. Do you want, what do you want to tell me? I, I mean, know, I know there's was, more. She was found cut in half on well, the side I, of the road. Again, I'm trying to keep this somewhat lighthearted. We're way past she's that point. she's dead. She was she was not treated someone, kindly. Someone her body her was mutilated. Oh, heavily. Saying wasn't that it, she was cut in half was wasn't it like is, her mouth was cut from yeah. cheek to cheek? Like it was not pretty. Saying that she is cut was cut in half is putting it mildly and lightly. So we'll leave it there. Up to your discretion if you want to continue further with that. Is it true they they still don't know who killed her? Mm-mm. Yeah. So she it's still like unsolved. unsolved. So this is your first twenty years of life as a hotel economic depression. Rough neighborhoods, suicide, death, mm-hmm. murder. I will say, I'm sorry that this is going to be unsettling, but dead bodies are found in hotels like way more than you think. So it's not like this is this at this point mm-hmm. still could just be like a bad hotel in a bad location. Exactly. My logical brain says, but also my logical brain knows at least a little bit about what comes next. So right, and that's part of the stuff with the Cecil Hotel. You don't see a lot of like. Like, honestly, not until, like, the 2000s did it really start getting, like, what's going on here. You think think 2000s? That's what I would think. Because for the most part, it was just kind of, like, weird stuff's happening. But, like, maybe it's just, like, a coincidence. I mean, honestly, too, like, criminology and DNA testing. After the 60s, you start to realize it's a heavy pattern. I mean, maybe, but maybe the, like, some of the more famous and, I don't want to say worse because everything's bad, but, like... More infamous. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they come in the, in the 2000s. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. So, you know, 
because again, too, I mean, think about criminology investigation, all of this, like it's underdeveloped relatively at this mm-hmm. time. Like we didn't have, what was it like DNA and fingerprinting is still like new. Like I'm pretty and sure now it's like, it's not nearly as accurate as it's portrayed in, right. in media. Like it's still in its infancy. And that's where like, when you learn of serial killers in like the sixties and seventies, like how'd they get away with this? It's like, we didn't have DNA testing. We couldn't just like swab something and find their dna in the human genome also, the human genome didn't even exist until what 2000 to be fair one to be fair i've said it before and i'll say it again say it mid 20th century lapd is my favorite scapegoat <laughs> I, for anything um rule of thumb like 60s 70s 80s lapd they just couldn't catch I'm, a break they I'm, couldn't catch the bad guy either but they definitely both, couldn't catch a break <laughs> some like really good detectives that were like super passionate and about their jobs and good people who did really good jobs in a lot of really big cases but like they were the odd ones out yes a a lot of the 60s and 70s especially it's like you just missed him you just stopped him you just he had a dead body in his car you've done it again and we'll touch on that probably maybe even here so our next dream of horror comes in the 60s to your point 60s does it involve a VW Beetle yet? No. Is it our 70s? Okay. That would definitely be the 70s. Yeah. Just guarantee a 70s serial killer has a VW Beetle. It's usually orange or yellow. Stay away. So 1962. 62. A woman named Pauline Auden jumped from the ninth floor of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been fighting with her husband. I guess she was over it. I don't know. There's not much detail on like what happened with those two. But she jumped. Um, to make matters worse, she landed on a pedestrian yeah. um, named George Gianni, mm-hmm. and they both were killed on impact. I forgot about that part of it. I, I knew you were going to say the woman who jumped from the window in the 60s, and I forgot she landed she on someone She lands else. on someone. Ugh. Like, I'm sorry, but what the heck are the odds? First off, that you're jumping out of a window. Second, that you're going to land on someone. And it has enough impact to kill both of you so that's 1962 yeah yay good stuff so we're seeing a pattern jumping out of windows suicide not good no not good 1964 a woman named goldie osgood was murdered um she came to the cecil in 1958 all by herself Um, never a good idea if if you take anything from this podcast don't go to the cecil hotel alone don't go to the Cecil Hotel. Correct. But more importantly, don't go alone. That's, yeah. If you're going to go to the Cecil Hotel, at least bring someone. As someone who has an intense, morbid curiosity and would go to most places like this, don't go. No. 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 So she spends about, I guess, what is that, six years um, living at the Cecil. She was a telemarketer, retires, is living her life. Which... Sorry, yeah, but a good point to say that the hotel also had residential yes. units. It was not just um, like hotel rooms for short term. They did have they long-term had long term stays. Yeah, and that developed largely as a um, sort of like a to counteract some of the depression stuff. They were like, yeah. well, maybe we should offer long term stays. Maybe yeah. then people will come. And a lot of and also like the starving. suicides and stuff. They're like, yeah. we need like can't keep people here so we can pay the bills. And a lot of people who correct me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of people who were kind of starting to make their way out of like the Skid Row area. Yes, that, that was almost like transition housing. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely became sort of transition housing for Skid Row, mm-hmm. um, which again is where it still gets this bad reputation because it's like okay, like. 
generally speaking, it'd still be a little like dis unsettling to be like, weren't you just living over there like yeah. smoking something crazy yesterday? Yeah, a lot. It happened a lot in the hotel too. Exactly. Yeah, because of that. So she's living there. She had a great reputation at the hotel. Everyone like loved her. She was like, like I I picture her as like that like one old lady that everybody just loves so much. Um, cause she was, I want to like, she was older. I think she was almost 70 or something. Um, was she that old? She was older oh, that's really and sad. she earned the nickname pigeon because she used to feed the birds all the time. Oh. Like she was precious. Um, and she was found in her room, um, having been strangled with a hand towel. Um, she was also appeared to have been raped and just like beaten by her assailant. And this is another case where we don't know who the murderer is. Never been caught. Mm-hmm. Really, we had a couple people that I say we. I always say we, but investigators found a few people that were suspects for a while, but nothing ever, nothing yeah. panned out. So there, she's. It's still an unsolved case there. So, so definitely by this point, the Cecil has a reputation in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's struggling to shake it. Um, whether this is because the hotel is haunted, um, it has bad neighborhood or it's all just coincidence who's to say and the haunted part some people believe that there are ghosts there and some people think it's more of like there's demonic spirits or like there's some bad energy there's something there and i have been in i've been in places where i have felt that energy i thought you were gonna say i've been in the cecil no 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 no. i've not been to the cecil i will never go to the cecil grab all of the crosses i could find we were about to have an exorcism tonight But we we don't need to. I have definitely been in places, though, where, like, I mean, you guys know this, too. Like, bad vibes, but, like, times ten. Mm-hmm. Like, there's difference between, like, ooh, I have, like, bad vibes. Like, they freak me out or whatever. It's, like, no, And, no, like, no, no, feeling no. like a presence. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been in those environments. Yeah. And that that's honestly more where I lean is, like, there's just bad energy there. Yeah, yeah me too. For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So. It's become, like, a stomping ground for evil. Exactly. Yeah. So, we're, honestly, not much happens in the 70s, which is weird. Well. Like at the hotel, eighties and nineties is where we get our friends. He's in the eighties. Eighties. Why was I thinking he was seventies? I don't know because he was eighty four and eighty five. Well, that's when his crimes were, right? Yeah. So that's where he's. That's where he was in there. I mean, he was born in the seventies. Right. Why was I thinking he went to Cecil a couple years before? I must be getting my cases mixed up. That's okay. That's all good. I believe we still we still love and support you. You're so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, eighties and nineties are where we get um, the serial killers home base. Um, yeah. One the I don't want to say the most well known of the hotel because there's two really big ones, but one of the guests was Richard Ramirez, aka Night Stalker. I can't say what I call him on this podcast because we'll have to no, put I, the e on on the episode. <laughs> it's, if yeah. I I can't express how much I dislike this human being oh i know I, there's no way to put into it into words because, no we don't we can i give my short version? yes give the short version my short version is he was an absolute coward and things i can't say but i really really want to and he was just the worst type of human being who wanted attention so badly and then blamed satanism as all the angsty teens mm-hmm. do when they don't have anything they don't want to take responsibility for their crimes but they want to look cool oh he makes me so angry the way he like couldn't even like look at his victim. Oh, oh, 
So Richard Ramirez. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a brief summary on him because, again, we're not going to have time to go into all of his yeah, no. details. So he, the Night Stalker, was a serial killer in the like greater Los Angeles community, mm-hmm. even made it into other parts of California. Mm-hmm. Um, between 1984 and 1985, he was responsible for at least 13 confirmed murders. Yeah. Um, I think it was 14 sexual assaults and 11 armed robberies or burglaries. Yeah. That's definitely not it, but that's um, no. that's all we've like officially no. linked with him. Um, so yeah, he was honestly a terrible person. He practiced Satanism. Um, drawing pentagrams at the side of his crimes. One of like the most famous pictures of him is like he had a pentagram on his hand at mm-hmm. his trial, and was like, "I'm not even saying it because it creeps me out." But he said creepy things yeah. about Satan, yeah. and yeah, so he just is genuinely one of the most creepy people. And they called him the Night Stalker because he would like walk around people's houses at night and like crawl into your windows and then just like slaughter your everyone. Like it was, yeah. he had no like he had no like calling card. He was just like it was like a free for all. So interesting. He he did not have much of a victim profile. No, it was just a free for all. Yeah. That's what and that's what made it hard to catch him is because it was like there wasn't. It, he was so hard to profile mm-hmm. for so long until we started getting the pentagrams. And to be fair, we had just for those of you who are only listening, we had air quotes around the practicing Satanism right. because you know Satanism. It's a little more complicated than how it's often it's portrayed. Like, it's supposed to. My understanding of it, I don't have a deep understanding of it, but my understanding of it is that it's supposed to just be like a mockery of organized religion. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called Satanism, because that is offensive to a lot of... Yeah, religion. Organized religions, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so then he just, you know... But also he was like, a really creepy dude, and so yeah. d- did he worship Satan? Did he sell his soul to the devil? Maybe, because he's an awful person, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. So anyways, he lived on the top floor of the Cecil Hotel. Now, there, I have read some stuff and this was also in the documentary that i'll bring up that like when you hit like a certain floor at the cecil hotel like that's where the quote bad stuff starts like exploding so there is like some thought that like if you go higher up that's where like all the bad things isn't that because that's where the long-term stays were exactly so that's like they connect the long-term stays with like the bad people so richard ramirez was the top floor take it or leave it so eventually, I mean, Ramirez is caught. I get really angry. I know. So <laughs> it's Ramirez. on. It's reported that Ramirez would literally stumble in the hotel naked or covered in blood. And mm-hmm. this is uh, a journalist, Josh Dean, says, quote, none, none of which would have raised an eyebrow since the Cecil in the 1980s right. was total unmitigated chaos. Yep. So yep. like Ramirez, here, I'll, I have this quote as well from a, um, another article that the Cecil just became a giant coral reef of the worst people in the world. By 1990, the LAPD wouldn't even go into the hotel. It was only if they got a call because they were not even going to deal with patrolling it because it was just like they would I mean, they, I know, every 30 I know seconds they'd be getting something. Crap on the like 60s through 80s and mm-hmm. beyond LAPD because they handled a lot of things poorly. But like I kind of get that. I, like, if I were an officer, I would not want to go in there. How do you, you don't even have a large enough police force to enforce all of that, all of the no. laws that would be broken in that no. area, for better or for worse. I'm not, I mean. I would just be scared that I would be, like, lifted up by an invisible being and thrown yeah. out of the window. Like, I, as someone who, like, doesn't believe in ghosts and is a little yeah. wary about some of that, like, so. energy stuff sometimes, I would, mm-mm. mm-mm. Nope. I wouldn't do it. No. So, I mean, 
Now, tracing the history of why these places are in bad places is too long to d- discuss also, but like the reality mm. is bad stuff is happening there. We don't, right. why it's happening mm. is another story. So the Cecil, clearly a place of little hope. Very Wait, few people, yeah. add something? Yeah, please add something. Just, if you want to learn more about Richard Ramirez, yes. the Night Stalker, is a mini, was it a miniseries? Yeah, it's like a four part series. Yeah. The miniseries on Netflix called Night Stalker was incredible. Yeah. I really expected to hate it because I watched it uh, with a friend and I was like, hey, just so you know, I might not make it through this whole thing because he seems like the kind of guy who would enjoy having mm-hmm. a documentary about him and I don't like to watch mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but it was so well done. It, it was it very was well so done. It was so good. Warning though, make sure you close all your windows before you watch it. So that way when you go <laughs> to your kitchen and you find a window open after watching all four parts, you aren't scared because that happened to when me. When you lock your windows, before you before you close them, peek your head out and see if there's any specific shoe prints underneath. Yeah, yeah look for the shoe print. Uh, he was so stupid about that. God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh Ramirez. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. At this point, too, okay, so one thing about the 70s, L.A. starts enforcing, like, containment of Mm. this whole area, which is, again, why the LAPD is not really even going in there without a call, because they're just trying to, like, keep the debauchery, like, in Skid Row. It almost becomes, like, a red light district. Exactly. Just keep it there. Keep it it in its corner. Don't let it spread. Maybe it'll go away one day. But, like, we just need to keep it Mm -hmm. there. So Ramirez finds, like, a haven here, for lack of a better word. He, like, is blending in while committing these crimes. Eventually, he's caught in a whole crazy ch- chase that's, like, one of the oh, craziest stories the ever. The um, so, yeah, he's found. But he does live in the Cecil Hotel and would dump bodies in the dumpster of the Cecil Hotel. And Is that confirmed? From what I saw, yeah. Really? I forgot about that. And then he would, he would dump bodies and dump the clothes of, like, his bloody clothes oh, and walk in there clothes. naked. Yeah. And you're they're like, what the heck? But then there's, like, seven other people walking around naked, and you're like, all right, whatever. He's, like, one of my least favorite cases because I just really hate him so much. But also my favorite case because of how he's caught, but I won't spoil it for those of you who are going to watch Night Stalker. So another serial killer comes to town. Of course. um, Actually, six years after Ramirez is caught. His name is Jack Unterweger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an Austrian serial killer yep. who is known for murdering prostitutes with their own bras. Um, he checked in in 1991. He has an interesting story. Um, he actually had been in jail and before um, for doing for murdering a prostitute with their bra. Um, he was in there for fifteen years, um, and then he got out for good behavior with parole. Ugh, every ooh, it's always good behavior. It, it is, and that's what triggers me so uh. much. Is it's just like, what does that even mean? First off, like also like make him serve their sentence. I don't know, maybe murder. not. I don't know. It's murder. like if you murdered somebody, like out of anger, like you murdered a sex worker. There's a difference between. I just, yeah, I just feel like when this it's was that not a kind of passion. This was not manslaughter. It was intentional, con- like premeditated murder. You should not be getting out for good behavior, no. in my opinion. I'm sorry. It happens all the time. Because every time, I feel like it's every serial killer. They get out for good behavior, good and you're behavior. like, why do you think they killed somebody again? Oh, I don't know. Probably because they're a serial killer. Just a thought. Anyways, so um, he then became this like flourishing journalist in Austria, and mm-hmm. he kind of re he kind of remade himself in a lot of ways. Um, and so his his cover was he was a journalist going to L.A. to cover the crime scene oh, in in Skid Row, mm-hmm. a fitting place to talk about the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was eventually caught for strangling at least three prostitutes with the same calling card of 
strangling them with their bra. Yeah. He fled to Miami, um, but he was he was eventually caught in Miami. And just want to say that this was when prostitute was the correct term. Right. The more mainstream term. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I'm using terminology of the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just like, he was a master manipulator, man. Like, he was walking around in broad daylight. I mean, I guess so was Ramirez. I guess they all were. But something about him, he, like, if he just, he was such a well-dressed, like... But he had the charismatic side that Ramirez didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he seemed to be, like, a more upstanding part of society. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yes. just crazy. I so he didn't, but I do. That's the 20th century for you. So fun. That's male... Serial killers for you. So, at, at, by 2011, hotel staff has realized um, we have a very negative reputation and we would like to... Yeah, just a little. Let's rebrand, really, is what they're going for. So, they create Stay on Main, yeah. which is a hostel mm-hmm. attached to the original Cecil Hotel. Um, and so, it was just supposed to be this, like, upbeat, like, new age, Modern, like, kind of cool yeah. mod hipster hostel mm-hmm. um the significance though about this construction is that it still shared a single elevator with yeah. the Cecil hotel and like a kind of like a front facade like it looks like two separate things but they're not exactly yeah. and so they i mean they had two separate lobbies two separate check-ins but they you had to use the same elevator mm-hmm. and it was kind of like you went two different ways this is important because we are about to get to one of the the, the pinnacle of the Cecil Hotel, which I'm sure a lot of people well, do know. The the, uh, the introverted pinnacle, the right? Not room. not yeah. like the not pinnacle in a good way. Yeah, like the height of its chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people do know about this. Elisa Lam. Yeah, I will say quick disclaimer: there is also a Netflix documentary on this one. Don't watch it unless you want to. I just I just hated it. Like it. It just don't wasn't. Don't say anything about the manager because I don't think it's serious. It just wasn't but. good. Like it, it just felt like I finished watching it and I was like, "Why? Why did I watch?" There this? were parts of it that were good, but the, at the end, I was like, "Huh." That was that left me wanting a lot more. It it just they just I didn't like it. It wasn't that good. It's not like there was anything like not necessarily factual. Like it wasn't wrong for lack of a better word, but like, it just, I don't think it's worth your time. Your own research is probably going to be more entertaining than that. Uh, Or my own research that I'm about to (laughs) present to you. I guess that's actually my role today. Wow. I'm better than Netflix. (laughs) Well, I, I'll leave it that there. So around February, middle of February, 2013, multiple complaints are given to the hotel staff about brown water and with with a really funky taste um coming out of the faucets coming out of faucets the shower, the shower everything hotel staff's like all right we'll check it out um you know i'm sure there's just maybe dirt maybe it's the the system's messed up suit so, i don't know who knows so they send somebody up to check the water tanks on the roof of the cecil hotel when they open the, the little hatch the maintenance guy who's up there find something he is probably the last thing he expected mm-hmm. to find in a water tank. a The ice-cold, pale, naked body of Elisa Lim. Mm-hmm. I will say he was the best part of that documentary because he was on that documentary and he was sincere and it was mm-hmm. very good but also very sad to see his point of view. Yeah, he was, his, he was definitely a segment of that that broke my heart. So Elisa Lamb actually came to stay at Stay on Main, and uh, she checked in on January 26, 2013. 
She was a Canadian student who wanted a sense of adventure and decided to go to LA where dreams are made. About three weeks later is when she was found dead in the water tank on February 19th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a long time. She went missing on January 31st, so about a week she was there doing her thing. Um, And she went missing after this mysterious elevator video. Yeah. Now, this video has to be one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. If you haven't seen it, it is very chilling. Um, And it's available on YouTube, and go watch it. It is. I'm trying to figure out how we could link it to somehow. I'll probably link it in the sources. sources, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But definitely, I mean, obviously watch at your discretion because it's creepy. But it's not, you're not seeing anything like violent. It's just, it's more just unsettling. So, and and here's why. So she is seen getting in this elevator in in kind of a state of panic. Um, Mm -hmm. and the elevator doors aren't closing, but she's not holding any door open buttons Mm -hmm. and there's no reason to suggest anyone's out the door, the way the camera's kind of angled. Um, she's seen like peeking out and looking to the left as if she's like looking at someone Mm -hmm. following her. Um, because as soon as she peeks out, she like jumps back in. She jumps back in. Hides in the corner. Yeah. She's seen hiding. Yeah. She's seen hiding, very timid, like clearly, like it looks like she's been like she's seen something or is like running away from something should be someone else in the video exactly this video is almost like four minutes long is it that long i want to say no i think the whole video i think the whole segment available is four minutes but she's only in it for like a few seconds i want to watch it again it's been a while okay can you full screen okay so the video is two minutes long yeah so she gets in the elevator like fairly normally but then she gets in and presses like a bunch of buttons yeah, like she presses. She like a, crouches down in front of it and like goes down a line. And then she sits in the corner and is just kind of waiting. Doors are not closing. So then she walks out and does a quick like peek around the corner. It's actually like to the right and left, and it's then like jumps a lunge back in. Out like she doesn't want to exit the elevator. And then she's hiding, hiding in the corner. corner. Like that. Yeah, like very like you wouldn't hide in the corner of an elevator. It's weird. She's peeking out again. Um, she kind of is a little more confident this time, but still like looks like she's looking for something. Um, it's also worth noting that the clothing that she's wearing here was found with her body. So this is the clothing she wore yeah. when she died. Then she kind of, so, so then she steps out of the elevator and the doors still aren't closing. Um, and she's like kind of making awkward movements. Like she's kind of stepping weird and stepping to the side. She steps to the side of the elevator out of the view for a while. Um, and this is an important part of the video right here. Right. So because it looks like she's talking to someone. You can't see her full body, but you can see her moving her hands, kind of like circling her wrists as if she's like presenting something, talking to someone. Right. And this is also important because it's a huge chunk of the video where like we're not actually like we can only see basically like the movement of her arm. And then she comes back in looking very distressed, very distressed, goes back in and messes with the buttons again, Um, is like continually pressing buttons that are already lit up like. Almost thinking like I would, I imagine her thinking like, why are, why am I not going? But she's incessantly pressing the buttons, um, very like methodically. She looks out again. This it's time she like steps out, but also erratically. Yes, she steps out and is, and this is a, near the end of the video. She looks to the right. She's standing out of the elevator, mm-hmm. and this is where we can and clearly is, see she's like. It looks like she's talking. To this someone. is where the hand thing was. I thought it was. Yes. Crazy. 
She yeah. makes these very creepy. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills. Like she makes these very creepy hand movements, like genuinely as if she's talking to someone. And as far as you can see outside of the elevator, it doesn't look like there's anyone in the direction that she is speaking. They don't see any shadows. They don't see any movement. You obviously cannot see a figure. So people are thinking, okay, he's he, she, whoever, it, the mm-hmm. demonic figure, whatever is going on here. Something is there. And then she walks to the left, and that is it. She leaves the elevator. Yeah, she gets out of the elevator and goes to the left, and that is it until we find her in the water tower. Yeah, and a lot of people think that that video is heavily doctored. Yes. The time is very difficult very difficult to see. A lot of people think, like, things have been cut out. It's blurry. People right. People are like, oh, there's, look, if you look in this, like, this is, there's a shadow here. Like, they edited out a person, but they mm-hmm. didn't take out the shadow, which, you know, how much of that's true. So the surveillance video is released by the LAPD and like the police and whatever. And with I I I venture to say without this video, I don't know how national this story would have become. I mean, that's part of why they released it because they wanted to see if anyone recognized or had any information. So they released this to the internet and are asking for anything and everything that people have. And at this point, by 2013, I would say like. The internet's in full form. Like people are mm-hmm. no people know how to research on it. Not again that that you couldn't do that in the nineties, but this is like mainstream. Mainstream. The web sleuths, um, and you guys, um, really take this upon themselves, almost like a vigilante sort of like service to the to the community to figure mm-hmm. out what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the amount of traction that this video got and like theories and conspiracies and Facebook groups and like people were sending letters to LAPD with like propositions and they were using this video in conjunction with her Tumblr account. Yeah. Which interestingly had posts on that account after she had been missing, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, but they were using her Tumblr account in addition to that as like evidence for trying to dig up like what happened. Yeah. Um so and I will say I think Tumblr at that time, you could queue posts, mm-hmm. right? I think so. So a lot of people think that she had queued up a lot of posts, and then it they they were posting after she had gone missing, mm-hmm. or possibly even after she died. Yeah, which is probably scarier than the alternative. Yeah. Basically, she goes missing. Everybody's trying to help and give their two cents. The internet is going crazy with conspiracy theories. We are in the world of TikTok, so we should all know exactly how conspiracy theories work, and even. The more crazy ones and ones that don't really have any basis, like things can spread, ideas can spread, like communication mm-hmm. is extremely, it can be a wormhole. Um, so that's kind of what's happening here. So there's there's a couple of conspiracies I want to highlight um, that are kind of the biggest ones, not that there aren't more. Conspiracies or theories or both? I guess, I don't know which one they would be. Okay, well, I guess some are conspiracies, some are theories. Okay. I would say a conspiracy is the connection to the Dark Water movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was like a 2005 horror film that basically the plot lines up to her life in yeah. like very, very specific ways down to like the red hoodie. Mm-hmm. So the general conspiracy is that somehow they're linked and that maybe someone was in a perverted way like reenacting the movie. Maybe yeah. the movie is was like a foretelling some there's a weird connection somehow because the end of the movie is actually a girl that get like gets pushed into the water drowns, tower and yeah, drowns in yeah. the, in a water tank so it's like okay what like very very weird like mm-hmm. too specifically weird 
like the red hoodie for me was where I was like, what the heck? Yeah. So that's that's kind of one conspiracy that's circulating at this point. Everybody's trying to connect dots on the internet to like, how? why is this movie so closely related to Elisa Lam? Mm-hmm. And thinking, why? Is, there, is this some sort of psycho serial killer that's like, has this weird fetish or something? Like, we don't know. There's another conspiracy connecting her death to tuberculosis testing yeah. at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It was called Lamb Elisa. Spelled the same way. Spelled the same exact way. Yeah. So again, keep in mind, like, it's it, it the test that was named that, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it was, like, the test. Yeah. So it's, like, a huge effort to start testing for tuberculosis and try to take care of, like, the skid row area. Where there had been tuberculosis outbreaks. Where there were tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? Tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there also a conspiracy that, like, she was a bioweapon? Mm-hmm. Because and that of kind that, of play, like, yeah, yeah. So that plays off of this is that like this was part of like a government testing program that like she got caught up in and like yeah, it was like injecting her with stuff. And, like she was carrying tuberculosis, yeah, with the intent to like spread it, yeah, throughout LA. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that I mean it's named Lamelise, like the I, it's I would odd. right. Yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. Like the kind the kind of oddities that are being connected here are not like. They're so pulling at straws. Like it's 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 like it's those things where you're like, why? Mm-hmm. It, you can't help but think, what is why is this so specifically parallel? Right. There's also, I mean, there's the supernatural theories that are mm-hmm. she's possessed, she's talking to a demon, um, she, you know, the demon's in her. It, there's some sort of supernatural activity. Maybe there's a ghost, um, and she's running and ends up in the water tank. Take that or leave that. Anyways, again, there's just theories that she's murdered and that there's a murderer. You can't see him on the tape. Um, I think there was also, I remember reading something about the other security cameras like weren't working on that floor. Yeah, which I I believe that. Again, like those are the other things where you're like, of course the other security cameras aren't working on the floor. It happens all the time. All the time. It's okay though. No, no. You're right. No. He's so cute when he barks like that, though. He's like, Boop, and does a little bop. Hey, Come here. No. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, there you go. Boop. All right. So let's, we'll keep going here. So, yeah. So, that, I mean, there's just general thoughts that she was murdered. And so there is one man who had a stage name known as Morbid. Um, he was an interesting character, his, his character. Um, so he was creating content that was um morbid um it was talking about death killing people killing things he had a lot of videos that talked about like china and like like specifically murdering chinese people and i mean he also had other stuff just about like asian ethnicities in general so you know she was chinese canadian so people are being like okay this is a bit weird then they find a video of morbid at the cecil hotel and at that point, everyone has basically condemned Morbid on the spot and mm-hmm. said, you are the murderer. Police took this and yeah. decided, okay, we're going to look into this. It was discovered that Morbid, while his videos might be unsettling, um, that was his freedom of speech and he was making content, whatever. That had nothing to do with Elisa Lam. He yeah. was actually in Mexico at the mm-hmm. time that she was found that she was at the hotel and found dead there's like he wasn't even in america 
So um, it he, was more along the lines of people were concerned about when he posted it rather than when he filmed it. Right. Yeah. If so, I remember correctly, but it's been a while. Exactly. So he he ended up being cleared, um, and he he's clearly innocent. Officially, he was cleared. Officially, Un- was cleared. unofficially. Unofficially, he got like a, he, he getting like death threats and. Well, and that's why I, I was saying that like he's been cleared. Like he yeah. is. He's not involved, and he so it was just kind of wrong place, wrong time. He, exactly. He, I mean, he got death threats. He was being sent like horrible things in the mail. Yeah. Like his life was ruined because mm-hmm. of this connection, and it's just I, it's I feel bad for him. That was another part of the documentary. They brought yeah. in Morbid, and his testimony was really powerful. And he kind it of was. he he it had was. like a complete personality change after that, and mm-hmm. realized like, okay, even though I might have, quote, freedom of speech, like, is this really what I want to be posting to mm-hmm. the world? Um, which is a food for thought. He's pretty much officially ruled out. So we're, we're kind of back to these more almost like coincidence theories rather than anything super concrete. So do you have any more theories? Those are really the only ones I was going to bring up. Okay. Bring um, up, bring up more because Rachel has more. Because of who I am as a person, I have read Elisa Lamb's autopsy report a couple times. Um, it has been a while, so, you know, great all here, but... Well, and I was, I, if we want, do we want to go ahead and tell them exactly what the autopsy said happened to her? Do we want to state the claim? go for it. So the official, after all this is said and done, they find her body, they have the autopsy. The official conclusion is it was accidental drowning. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was combined with, or I guess another factor was that she actually had bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. and that she had been taking her medication and it was a contributing factor to her kind of going essentially on just a like a probably an episode of like that's the word an episode and so it sent her on an episode and then she accidentally drowned and that is the official ruling because there was no other evidence in the autopsy to suggest Mm -hmm. substances abuse any other like physical like there were no physical ailments like her body from what i remember was like, okay, she drowned. So yeah. that's the official the ruling. Only, the only, like, physical evidence I, that I remember is, like, skin slippage, which is, like, normal water decomposition. Exactly. She, that's, the, that's the only evidence is that she had been in water for, a, for like, a couple right. days. But unfortunately, that does sometimes um, hinder the evidence they can collect. Exactly. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, and that's a really, like, important point to keep in mind here is on her, on her autopsy report, like, what they released, the official report about the case, it doesn't go into a ton of detail. So it kind of plays as like they're hiding something or like they got lazy. But to be fair, when you read the autopsy report in full, like it does make more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, bipolar disorder in itself is does not make someone crazy. Right. That is like, it affects your mood, right? So the important thing here is that she was taking some of her medications and not others. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, the like combination of what she was taking and wasn't taking can cause like hallucinations mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, some people, you know, look at that and they're like, there's no way that affected it. And there's mm-hmm. some people who look at that and are like, it was obviously because she was, I and mean, she was also not in a good place at this time. Right. And you know, when you're not in a good place, that can affect disorders um, can make them worse make symptoms worse that kind of thing so there is definitely that and that's a very very important detail Mm -hmm. um and you know then some people also look at that and were like if she was struggling mentally maybe it was a suicide right um 
obviously this is not an episode on Elisa Lamb, and maybe maybe I'll do one of us will do one at some point it's, because it's interesting. You could easily do like a two hour long podcast episode yeah. on, on all the detail um, because there's just so much, mm-hmm. and every time you think you know what's going on, there's another detail. Um, but I genuinely think that that definitely had something to do with it. Do I think it's the only reason? Not no. necessarily. Yeah. So a couple other interesting theories are. There's this one, I, I really forget the detail. It's kind of like a secret society kind of thing hmm. mixed with like government projects. Like, yeah. Um, because there was this like weird substance found on her skin. Mm. Um, like when, when she was pulled from the, the water tank. I don't have much detail on it. It's been a long time. Look it's that little, one up. It's a little bit tinfoil hat kind of thing, but it's called like the Invis- Invisible Light Agency. Mm. Um, as in, that's the like secret group that like, gotcha. she had maybe been meeting at the hotel, and apparently, like the Invisible Light Agency like shows up on Google Maps. But like, I, I think the Invisible Light Agency shows up as a point on Google Maps, like inside of the Cecil Hotel. That one's very tinfoil hat. So we probably don't need to go too much deeper into that one. So there's another interesting theory um, that she was playing the elevator game. Hmm. Are you familiar with the elevator game? It's like an old Tumblr thing. I didn't know about it until. Okay. Um, so the elevator game was something that was going around Tumblr at the time. Um, as kind of like a, almost like a Bloody Mary kind of thing. This is from The Sun, so I don't know how accurate this is. Um, because it was a Tumblr thing. But this is what they, they say. It is an odd ritual with a strict set of rules that says it will bring you into another world. The game must be played by one person in a building with 10 floors. Since it's with 10 floors, I think it was at least 10 floors. Well, it's 14 floors in the Cecil. Yeah. I had, I had always heard that the game was, it had to be played somewhere with at least 10 floors. Okay. The rules tell the player to move up and down to different floors before they are said to encounter a woman on the fifth story who should not be interacted with at all costs. I've also heard it's like more like a younger girl in some situations. According to the guidelines, if the elevator then descends to the first floor, the player must exit immediately. If it goes up, the player has apparently been admitted into another world. Now, they did skip some other rules here, but it's like you go to one floor, and then you go mm-hmm. back to the bottom, and you go to another floor. And it's like you go back and forth like between these floors, and like once you get to the, one of the floors, you like press 10. Mm. And sometimes then it goes to, I don't remember why, maybe it's like you're heading t- toward another floor, and then mm-hmm. if it goes to 10... Then you've entered the other world. If it goes back to one, you didn't, but you have to leave the elevator. Mm. Um, and it's uh, apparently this, the story here with the gate is that like this is an extremely dangerous thing to do, mm. but it's also like it's very similar to our world. I might be getting some of these details wrong here because I just looked up the rules and I'm not yeah. going to read directly from everything else. But it's like very similar to our world, but you're alone, except for this woman who you're not supposed to talk to at all. And it's very difficult to get back into our world. And she was very active on Tumblr. So a lot of people think that she was trying to play this game because it's like you get access to another world where you're alone and it's just kind of like nice and peaceful, but it's also very terrifying. Um, Now, I think it's possible that she may have thought that she was playing the elevator game. She may have thought that she had entered this other world because she was most likely with the combination of not being in a good place and not taking all of her medications and, you know, that, that mix of what she wasn't, wasn't taking. I think it's possible that she thought she was playing the elevator game and then maybe was having some hallucinations slash wasn't fully perceiving reality correctly 
and maybe was like running from this girl or woman that, you know, like it was an accidental drowning with a contributing factor of her mental health mm-hmm. and the medicines that she wasn't, wasn't taking, but that it was affected by what she believed was going on. Now, I don't know for sure that she was playing the elevator game, but I think that's a, that's a, a strong theory when you combine it with what the police said. Also, hear me out on this too, to, to your point, this, this one's a little more in-depth than the Sun one. Um, you have, when you enter the other dimension, you have to come back to leave. You have to come back in and press the buttons in the same order. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and so if you look at the video, she leaves and comes back and in and presses the button. She's very like intentional about what buttons she's pressing. And it's not something, it's not buttons that you would press to like go to your floor, right? It's like a pattern almost, which is kind of how the game works. Now, the, the buttons aren't legible, so we can't say. I kind of, I can vibe with that one. Yeah, I can too. Some right. people think that she, like, actually played the elevator game and, like, was successful and, like, was trying to get back to the real world and ended up drowning herself. I think it's more like if she was playing the elevator game, she thought she got to the other world and yeah. was trying to get back. Yeah. To, out quote, unquote, our realm because she had never actually left, but right. believed that she had. It's creepy. Oh, my gosh. It's so creepy. Yeah. It's a very interesting case. It's, it's a tragic case. Very sad. That's unsolved. Yeah. So all that to say, a lot of people don't really buy the police report. They don't buy it. A lot of people do think she was murdered, and I that has some weight. It definitely does. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I just I feel like accidental drowning just isn't it isn't satisfying. So I feel like there's always that mm. little bit of like maybe mm. maybe we can explain it some other way. And I think to be honest, I would I would think most investigators also feel that way a little bit. Oh yeah. And, I mean, I'm I I don't want to speak for anybody, especially in our family or anything, but like I feel like maybe your family even feels that I'm sure her family feels that way. Yeah. Like there has to be something more than this. So it's just it begs that question. Like the whole case just continues to beg the question. Like, but why? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think the internet can be an interesting place, mm-hmm. and it certainly became an interesting place in terms of this story. So. This whole Which brought a lot of attention to the Cecil. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's where like the Cecil Hotel's reputation plus accidental drowning in air quotes mm-hmm. just was a recipe for conspiracies and right. like so no one's been satisfied. Of, like, was this evil spirit or whatever maybe was she drowned by that? Was exactly. she led or like compelled to do this? Yeah. Moving on from Elisa Lamb, in 2015, there actually is one other body found um, after committing suicide in the hotel. Um, you saw another wave of, like, conspiracy theorists chiming mm-hmm. in again. Um, but that's really kind of it in its history because in 2019, the hotel closed for reservation reservations, <laughs> renovations, um, and it hasn't reopened yet because yeah. of the pandemic. It's right. delayed all the renovations, and it's still just not open. Um that place scares me so it's, much. And it actually was also the inspiration for American Horror Story Hotel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now Which I, I don't, haven't seen. I don't watch that because it creeps me out too much. But I heard it's amazing. Um, and that one in particular was supposed to be amazing. It just, it's a staple of that American horror lore. I mean, yeah. along with like the hotel in Colorado from The Shining. Like yeah. those kinds of buildings. Now obviously sees the hotel for different reasons than the hotel in The Shining. Because mm-hmm. um, real things have happened. Maybe things have happened there too. I don't know. But yeah, so it's it's creepy. It's scary. It's hard. It's awful. It's sad. Um, and it just has so many cases that aren't solved. And that's right. what makes it even more sad is it's just like so many people don't have answers for how they died. And they continue to not be able to escape their reputation 
both both the reputation and the actual events. Like yeah. no matter what they try to do to like make the hotel better or things whatever, keep happening. It just keeps happening. Yeah, it's not even that's a great point. Like it's not even just a reputation thing at this point. It's right. like yeah, you can change your reputation, but like even if you couldn't change your reputation, like things could stop happening, but like they don't. Right. It's not like it happened with Morbid where his reputation and his life were ruined, but things didn't happen after that. Yeah. Right? Like it's like their reputation is ruined and things keep happening. Like after at least the lamp is deserved. Whereas with Morbid he had he still has that reputation with a lot of people and it's probably not deserved. Right. But yeah, it's like they can't fix the reputation, they can't fix what's actually happening happening there. And they can't fix Skid Row. I mean it's just the whole the whole area is just like creepy. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I have for you. I mean, I just felt like I was thinking, all right, I want to do true crime. And this just seemed like such a interesting piece to break down and give a little bit more than just Elisa Lamb, like kind of giving the backstory, like why is Elisa Lamb so creepy? Yeah. We've also gotten a lot of requests to do more like paranormal things. And I think that's really tricky to do yeah. because it's like sources with paranormal stuff is always, is always tricky. But this one kind of has a little bit of it, it does bring in the paranormal yeah. side because it's just there like there is something there there mm-hmm. is something there right paranormal also to your point is just like the evidence is less sound and so it's always harder to yeah. it's always harder to break down like there's though, definitely some good stories we'll, we'll yeah. tell at some point oh yeah don't you worry but i that. hope that this is a nice little uh <laughs> sample nice to little to wet your palate um yeah i mean it really is it's, it's a sample that place is horrendous so, and like I said, there is so much more here. Um, you know, this is already going to be a longer episode just because there is so much. But like I said, there's more theories. There's more thoughts out there. To Rachel's point, yeah. there's some that are read still her, even newly developing. autopsy report. Yeah, we'll link the autopsy report and the elevator video. Yeah. Um, because, and we'll also link the Netflix documentary for Night Stalker if you guys are interested in that one too. Because honestly, that one's, it's, it, it's, it's good. It's so, so good. informative. I have a, uh, uh, just, just bear with the, uh, the tone change here because I'm just trying to bring it back. No, yeah, we're good. We're bring done. So let's bring us out. How much money would you accept to spend one night in the hotel? There is literally no amount of money that will get me in that hotel. Okay. I'm not like Rachel. No, I am not kidding. I, I don't. I left. I have left buildings because of those bad vibes. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. walked out, and they are like historical. Like I was on a full vacation to see them. I left. I did not care enough. Like if that kind of, if I'm getting that vibe, there's not enough money in the world to put me in that situation. What if you were in there though, and you didn't get the vibe? Well, if I didn't get the vibe, I'd be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But that's. But I. I highly doubt I would be able to go in that building and not have the vibe. Yeah. I also wonder if I went in there, would I actually feel that vibe or would I just be scared because of well, what I know about it? That's also part of it. So if it was if it was just that, I was just like scared about what I knew about it, I would do it for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I just I don't I don't have that same drive of like doing adrenaline things. But to like be if, honest. but if I if I went in there and I and I felt like bad energy, then that's a different story. Right. If there were no bad energy, probably uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I go might, with I like still 10, do it, 15. But it would have to be a ton of money. I wouldn't do it if it, if I felt a I, single I bad vibe. I also have to not be alone. A singular bad vibe. Well, the whole thing is a bad vibe. So, oh, if we start getting multiple bad vibes, I'm running out there like the road runner. <laughs> that yeah, it's it's um, that's a no for me. One of the like, it's an anti bucket list item for me. Yeah, it's like I want to make it through my whole life avoiding this place. Yeah, and it's doable. All you have to do is not go. All you have to do is not go. Yeah. So, although it is kind of like 
kind of like a tourist attraction now. Well, and I feel time. bad because it's also like, I don't want it to be, I don't want this like business and this like historic piece of like, I don't even know if it's American history. I don't even know. It's a pretty building. Like it's pretty. And I don't want it to be like, it? well, it used, let's put it this way. It used to be pretty because now it's like kind of a dump and they're trying to revamp it. But like the interior aesthetic is really cool. And I, and I, yeah, and I want it to be cool and I want it to do well because it just, it just seems like the kind of building that would be really cool. No, I think the whole thing needs to be condemned. And but I also just think we need to tear it down. No, like I think it should never, like they should just close the doors, lock them up, put a chain around those doors and just never touch them again. Nope. I'm scared of what they would work up. There's something in in that building that, that would be angered. Yeah, but if you leave the building there, then people can still go in there and do bad things. Tear it down, remove it. No, like put put a giant fence up around it, get guards. Like just don't let anyone ever like, mirror it again. Don't touch it. There's two approaches to this. <laughs> Tear it down or lock it up. I say let the demons I like fresh keep their host and don't let anyone else near them. Yeah, dude. Cecil Hotel, man. What a time. So, anyways, now that I've made you depressed for your Monday work day. Um, Not necessarily. Some of us just get really interested in things. That's true. So, you also might just... Um, I mean, the good news is we catch the serial killers. Um, Usually, hopefully. Well, we caught those two. Um, yeah. That's some good news. Yeah. Other good news, it's currently closed. So, no one can really go in there. Yeah. I honestly, if COVID didn't start in Wuhan... It started in the hotel at Cecil. Oh my gosh, what a theory that is. Holy crap. <laughs> no, don't take that. Don't use... No, I'm not going to use it anyway. I mean, keep it in the episode, but it's a joke. It's it is a joke. A jo- no, we're joking. Um, Raquel is joking. So... As I do. Kind of transitioning now, because there's no other way to do it other than to just do it. Um, we we still have our July... Our sticker... What It's not a competition. It's promotion. not a contest. It's promotion. A promotion. Thank you. Where uh, if you, it's a fun, I don't know, sticker fun time. It's bribery. So if you leave us a reward, if you leave us a review, um, on our podcast and you take a screenshot of it, email the screenshot, um, to our email, which is hyper to us on Instagram or Instagram, just send it to us somehow. Um, and include your mailing address. We're going to send you a sticker. Um, to say thanks and it's definitely not bribery because that does make your um doesn't that like make your reviews void if you're paying people for we're not paying people for good reviews oh no we're not paying you for good reviews we're paying you for reviews but i will say no no we're sending stickers to people who are who are rachel's, active listeners rachel's mad at me because i'm screwing up our compliance because issues. i'm gonna have to call her lawyer <laughs> i love doing this to you guys um no we aren't paying you but we do we do want to engage with you. We have cool stickers. We just We're want just to give them like, to the right people who are interested in our show and active listeners. To be honest, all. we understand that Gen Zs and Millennials, who are whatever most of our listeners, we like stickers. I got a whole we water like bottle stickers. on my vacation, and I only bought stickers as souvenirs. Stickers are cool. Stickers are fun. And we have fun stickers we for do. you. So we'd like to say thanks um, for your support. And so if you send that to us with your the screenshot of the review, your address, and just your name, um, we'd love to get that sent out to you. It's through the month of July. Um, so we've got a few more episodes for you guys that this is patch. valid. Um, if you're lucky, you'll get this one that I just made into an eye patch. 
So yeah, leave us some reviews, but also don't forget to check us out on all of our social pages. Um, we have a plethora. We have the full. We, do. we have the full suite. Um, you much. you can go if you loved this episode so much, you could watch it again on YouTube this time. I will say occasionally there are things that make it in the video that don't make it in the audio. The video is more fun. So it's it's worth checking. Are you out. trying to get people away from our audio? No, it's both. I'm just They're saying different experiences. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like shake it up. Sometimes watch on YouTube. Sometimes listen to it on the on the podcast. No, it's not one or the other. It's both. You listen well, to the podcast. It's definitely and then on the video. It's definitely both. It's definitely both. It's the beauty of the ant, the genius of the ant. So our our YouTube and our Facebook are both hyperfocus colon a podcast for chaotic minds. Hey, um, but guess what? Is that right? That's what the sticker says. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys know you can get a sticker if you leave us a review? Um, they hate us. I'm going to shut her up. I'm trying us. to shut her up in case you can't tell. And I'm getting um, loopy. Um, and I'm making it rain stickers. All right, so while she makes it rain stickers, I'm going to keep telling you what, we do, what we're doing. We also have our Instagram, which is at HyperFocusPod. Um, that is also our Twitter. And our TikTok is, uh, what is it? Hyperfocus Pod. You got it mixed up. Instagram and TikTok are Hyperfocus Pod. Twitter is Hyperfocus underscore Pod. And the banging sounds that you were hearing were me making it rain stickers. And that that's all we've got, folks. <laughs> and end scene. Um, yes. So yeah, and also about the also our email would be helpful. We said that, didn't we? Um, I didn't end up saying it because you interrupted me. <laughs> They know it by now. It's hyperfocuscast at gmail. At gmail. I hate myself. <laughs> Ooh. That was loud. So yeah, it's hyperfocuscast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us topic ideas, uh, reviews, uh, love letters. Rachel really likes those. Those are Those are good for her. So keep those coming. Um, positive ones. Those are always I mean, nice too. Little, uh, we love affirmation. I, I need, yeah, I need a little positive affirmation every now and then. Sometimes the world can be brutal, guys. Sometimes it borders narcissism, but here we not, are. Not really. I've got Maddie to keep me humble. Yeah, I also just try to keep her from talking sometimes. Yeah, everyone does, but it doesn't, doesn't work. really work. Um, I also do like what you say. I appreciate you very much, Rachel. Yeah, All right. I, I I thought there was gonna no. Thank you. Am <laughs> I that mean that you can't? You were waiting for like a, uh, a sarcastic no, punchline no, to that. That's just the kind of feedback I'm used to in my life. No, only positivity. <laughs> so um, we will see you again next Monday. And yeah, because right now Rachel has been possessed by a spirit, not an evil one, just a the weird sticker one. spirit. Yes. And next episode, hopefully, right, the sticker spirit is gone because Rachel's in charge. Um, so stay tuned for more awesomeness. We that appreciate you. We have some letters to get out and stickers to get out. That's what we're going to go do now. So toodaloos. Stay chaotic, babes. You thought you weren't going to get it. Oh, you got it. <laughs>
engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.